It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, how you doing? I'm Ray Longo. We're here in Jersey City to chop it up with Luke Thomas. It's nice to see you. How are you? Brian Campbell, it's a pleasure to uh, meet you. Pleasure. I actually told absolutely nothing about the <laughs> just if I would do it. <laughs> This might be the weirdest thing I ever did. Here we go. Yeah. This guy's actually is. You know what I mean? He just won't stop. Let's go inside and do it. You know, we talk to all kinds of people on this show, and today we are as excited as ever because sitting with us on the couch is not just a winning coach or one of the, one of the most winningest coaches in MMA history. Truly, I mean this. One of the very best to ever do it. Wow. And still going strong. Wow. It is Long Island's finest. Why don't you just make out with him already? You know? why, why, don't, why don't you make out with him? It's Ray well, Longo. I'll tell you, it was certainly close enough. So nobody, <laughs> BC, we, true story, before the show started, he wanted to sit in Ray's lap. Yeah. Was it was like, you know, we just can met. We, but, yeah. Can we establish boundaries yeah. before we move forward? The, the producers do this to us. No, they, make us they turn us into absolute goons. Uh, it is nice to see you, Ray. How no, are you? And it's nice to see you, too, and nice to see you. Thank also. you, Coach Ray. I already like him. I listened to him for the first five minutes. This guy's a pisser. The next five will be terrible. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, wait, is it me? I feel like he's Tom Hanks and Big. Yeah, what is, yeah. What is going, what am I doing here? Talk, talk to these people. Talk to them. I, they you know, I did this thing because Luke's an intelligent guy. Yeah, I like he listening is. to you guys talk. And now I feel like, I don't know what the hell come. I don't know. No, I mean, look, is this going to be the worst decision I made? <laughs> it's going to be second, one of them. Okay, one. you know, it was either us or the schmo, I think, at the <laughs> yeah. end of the day, you know. But you could get uh, lost in that couch, Coach. Do you have something like this in your basement today? I hope the answer is Definitely that. no. Oh, definitely no. no. I have a couch. You're like, it's basement. actually my upstairs living like room. This. It looks yeah, like yeah. this, yes. No, as a matter of fact, in the basement, there is a couch similar to this. I, yeah, I take that back. How, how are you feeling now? We're just days uh, removed here, about a, like, not even, I guess a week now, a week since uh, UFC 288. You got to be feeling pretty great. I feel great, man. Real, I feel great. I feel blessed. I'm grateful for everything, you know, but... Hey, I don't want to brag. It ain't my first rodeo with no this. Way. Yeah, no yeah. So he does his breed champions over yeah, there. I said no uh, Sarah Longo. It does get crazy as it goes on, but I'm really so happy for Aljo because I watched this kid mature from the first day he walked in the gym until where he is now, and I think uh, it's just great to see. And you know, over the weekend, Sarah was there, Weidman was there, so you know, we took a couple of pictures. All three guys are champions. All, all, all their towns connect to each other. They're all within like three miles of the gym. It's like crazy. Mm. So we got a good little story going on over there. And I'm just, I'm just proud to be a part of it and that these guys still, you know, haven't thrown me out yet. Not, not yet. Yeah, yeah, let not me, yet. Uh, let me just ask when they went yeah. to the judges, 
and they had it split. Yeah. How nervous were you? I was I, I, more mad than nervous. I thought it was unanimous, and I, I, in my head I'm saying, please do not fuck this kid. You know, I look, I could tell you from being in the corner, I, we never felt any danger. You could go back to talking. The only thing, like Matt made a great correction, optics were bad on the ground, but no damage. I mean, he out, the, 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 the uh, stats are all in Aljo's favor. Like, I think it's decisively unanimous. And, you know, so I, I'm, by, to answer your question, I was, I was, I was pissed. I, that, that was my first emotion. I was like, please don't do this to this kid. And thank God the right guy won well, could it. You see, could you see the argument for Henry Cejudo in this fight? It was, it was a technical masterpiece of yes. close back and forth. I'm going to say, I, look, it was, uh, it's one of those fights where the rounds are close, but you can't give it to Henry. I just, that, as a coach, like when I was looking, I'm, I haven't even looked at the fight again because I didn't want to look at it. I wanted to just keep whatever I had in my head. Um, you know, so I could talk like from that standpoint. But during during the fight, I thought Aljo was ahead. I just, you know, and I, that would I think maybe that's why I was mad. I would have felt like a complete idiot if he didn't get that nod because I had him I, up three nothing, and I really felt like there were a few obvious close rounds, which yes. is why it ended up being a split decision. I do feel like Cejudo came on late. There just wasn't enough overall. Yeah, hundred percent. Look, I think Cejudo was completely confused. Right? I mean, let's just go back. He said he would stop him in, within three. He said if it stood up, he was going to knock him out. He didn't come close to anything. So you could see him mentally. He was breathing heavy. But the competitor in Henry Cejudo, which he's an unbelievable competitor, kept him driving and pushing forward. But he had no answers to what was going on. I thought he was reaching with his punches. He looked slower than he did in the, in the previous fights. I thought he was going to be quicker on the entries. He had trouble getting near Aljo. He just, he, I think he says it. I, I really admire Henry. I, I love the way his reaction was to after the fight. He doesn't look like a guy that won. He definitely doesn't feel he won. I don't believe, you know, he, he even said like, well, if it comes down to the fifth round, then you know, I guess I won. Like, you know, he's like, you're maneuvering everything. But what about the guy that scored it for you? He's completely wrong. We're, we're, we're attacking Derek, oh, Derek Cleary. clearly, yeah. Right, right, you know what I mean? But the other guy that scored two and three for you, I totally disagree with, so. Yeah. And you love judges. You have this long history of just getting along. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Before we get to that real quickly. Oh, no, yeah. What is it, because they're, so Aljamain was one of the top prospects, and then like yes. anyone else, he had like, he could a couple of road bumps in the middle. Yeah. But then since then has had this incredible just Cra growth and reinvention. Crazy. Tell me from your perspective, what makes Aljamain great as a fighter? And then secondly, why do some people fail to recognize that? Okay, so I'm going to say what makes Aljo great is Aljo. Aljo's his own person. He's got his own style. He walked into the gym. He was the funk master right away. I think we really did a great job on enhancing his attributes that he had and making him better. But, you know, Luke, a lot of times it comes down to just confidence, right? And I think what you're seeing now is a real confident guy. That's why he's a problem. Technically, he could do things nobody could do. I still say this. There's things I see in the gym that he still hasn't done. That if he does them, he's you know he's he's got to get comfortable with doing them. You know what I mean in the fight. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, Aljo is Aljo. He's his own person. I don't even want to take any credit for anything. But I think I've been a good mentor to him and mentor to him, and you know guide him in the right direction with a couple of things. And uh, but technically, man, we tighten up what he could do really good. We worked. I do that with everybody. What are your attributes? 
You know, like you know, people talk about game plans. What's the game plan if you have to take a guy down but you're not a wrestler? That's the game plan, but you can't do it. So you have to know your athlete, what he can and can't do. And I think that's where we did a great job with Aljo. Why I think the people don't like him, they just don't like his style. They don't get it. But here's the uh, thing, Coach. Yeah. His opponents keep sleeping on him. They 100%. They keep sleeping on yeah, him. Yeah, it's one I thing for us media dunks to miss out, but the yeah. opponents at this level. It's like I'm, I'm honestly shocked that every time they're like, wow, that was tougher than I thought. I'm like, okay, why do they keep saying I that? Think, I think because when you look at him, he's not a conventional boxer. You know, he's not Sugar Ray Leonard. Right. You know, he's got his own thing. Not getting knockouts and in the I hand think left, right? from the outside looking in, it looks like you could capitalize on a lot of things. And I told this to Alja, Henry will go back to that fight and go, man, I could have did A, B, and C. He knows it. But he didn't, you know, for whatever reason. But then Aljo would have adjusted to that. Right. And, you know, that's the, you know, the part, you know, we leave out. But, um, yeah, he he's just doesn't look, he's not a conventional fighter. He's his own guy. That's why I say that's what makes him Aljo. And he's, he's way harder to hit. And they were telling him, like, you know, why didn't you just elbow him? Well, you know, he's moving his head. He's right. like all of that stuff that optically looked bad in the fight. And I think Sarah did a great job with, like, the old force thing's got to go. Right. Like, it just doesn't look good. Right. You're not getting hurt. And Aljo, um, you know, so I think optically, you know, like, again, it didn't look good. And then Henry kind of said, like, I, I couldn't do nothing. Like, I see him do that shit in the gym all the time. So to me, it's normal. Like, to other people, when he's down there moving his head, it looks crazy. You don't see that a lot from people on all fours. So um, I don't know. I don't know if I answered the question, but I think that's – he's just not a conventional-looking fighter, and I think he's always going to have – problems if you don't know what you're looking at and i think people look at him he's dipping his head they think they could get him and then when they're in there with him they can't find him and then that causes frustration for them and i think that's what you see oh i thought it was smart that you guys jumped all over Sahuda off the start in the first round like if there's 100%. any if there's any ring yeah. rust if there's yeah, anything uh, that let's needs find adjusting. out now i'll just go right at him 100 percent. you know it's a five round fight you're in good shape he has you know let's not let him get his feet wet and you know start building up and what I told Alju after the first round was like Alju he doesn't want to he wants to fight at his own pace trust me he doesn't want to come out because he's you know Henry if you, you if you study like Henry like he really believes what he's saying which is a good thing but when it doesn't happen right then you have that cognitive dissonance I think what they call like where you're expecting something to happen it doesn't happen then what do you do and I think that's what happened to Henry um but I think in Henry's head he was beating Aljo, he's beating O'Malley, he's beating Volkanovski, 100%. You know, because, and he deserves that. He won the, you know, he, he's a gold medal winner. He's got a great mindset, great love. I, I like the guy. Respect Henry a lot. I'll tell you who I respect more than Henry is his freaking wife at this point. Are you talking she, about Eric Albaracin, the captain? <laughs> no. Because yeah, yeah. that's, that's what no, I'm talking not, about. His real wife. No, that guy. I, <laughs> look, he seems like a nice guy, but I don't, I don't understand one thing the guy's just talking don't about. Get, just don't talk with him on WhatsApp. His clothing is very loud, although I have a lot of respect for the captain. He'll He's send a wild you card. drunken messages. They're fun. Oh, that is, yeah, no, but, but I th you point out effectively so that you knew you were going in there against uh, a mental giant yeah, who's yeah, got a doubt. track record of adjusting. That final adjustment Adjustment never came out to never right. let him, and I think that's the key And that could have been the three years, too. You know what I mean? And I do think, as good as he is, and I, I want to see the guy fight, I think he's going to have a hard time as each month goes by or each year goes by to be the Henry he thinks he is. And he said, Look, I deal with these guys. They never think they're done. Not, not that he's done, but he's not the Henry he was five years ago. Right. And that's where, in his head, 
that's what he sees. He sees the Henry of five years ago, and then when you get in there and things ain't going as good, you're not steamrolling, you know, Dillashore or, you know, Cruz or Marlin, what do I do? Now I gotta figure out this puzzle, and then I'm getting fucking kicked, and then he's going for a takedown, and God forbid he takes me down. I'm the Olympic medal winner. You gotta play to those mental games. I sure. go, Aljo, if you buy into this gold medal shit, you, you lost the fight already. I, I don't give a shit, you know? You can wrestle. You have jujitsu and wrestling. He's got a funky style of grappling, man. You make one wrong move and he's on your back, he's a major problem. So. He's one of the best guys, him, Charles Oliveira, two of the better guys in the sport where maybe they get a takedown, but yeah. if they don't, they just create back exposure and it's curtains for you after yeah, that. Yeah, he's a, he's a major, major problem, you know? And as much as we respect, I mean, we definitely respect it, Henry, but... You got to take the fight to him. You got to find out. Let's just, you know, it, that three years is a long time. Especially yeah. at, at 135. Yeah, oh, 100%. Oh, the little, guy, the little guys have, oh, yeah, it's not Dan Henderson where he's always got that power up until <laughs> yeah. he hits you once at 50, you're yeah, going out. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, he yeah. still can hit you. Uh, but the little guys, no, they don't have that luxury, you know, because well, the speed and endurance. I for think, sure. I give Henry a lot of credit, but I 100%. still think he can operate at a very high level. But speaking of operating, you operated on him game plan-wise for this fight. Are you going to do it again with Marab? I mean, what's going on here? No, Marab, you just, you know, you wind him up. First off... Because you might be seeing Cejudo a second time coming yeah, up. Yeah, true. I see the difference. That that fight will be, first off, Marab will fight him in the pocket, too. You know what I mean? He doesn't give his shit. And he's going to, you know, he might stop the first 10 takedowns, but there's another 40 coming. Right. That's why I said the biggest thing with that fight, uh, which I told, I think his manager, five rounds or he doesn't fight. Forget the three rounds where, you know, you could eke it out. This guy can go, he can go seven rounds. So give him the five rounds. Let Henry deal with that pressure. I don't think he's, it doesn't look like, I mean, you're a boxing guy. It looks like he lost a step on the box. A little bit, yeah. Right? Yeah. I, Because I, 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 I told Alger, I go, you're seeing this shit, right? Because I, I, when I was cage, I go, wow, he's he's struggling. He's reaching. But you, you got to, I, I give the, the footwork patterns on Aljo, I think, took him, threw him off. I think he thought he would have more the success range, on the ground. Too. Aljo's changing range. Yeah, 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 nah, nah. But, you know, I thought Henry yeah. caught up late, but the adjustment was late. It, it really never came, so would another camp and him staying active make him sharper? I would guess yes, but that might not matter in a match. Do you think Marab can take down the Olympian consistently? No, but he, he could try to take him down consistently, and eventually he will get him down, yeah. or he'll just have him so, just like he did to Jan. Yeah. Jan just wanted to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, serious serious like, question. Yeah. Have you ever in your life... Never. I don't seen, even know what the question is, well, but let me just, let me just articulate yeah, 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 yeah. it. Have you ever in your life seen an athlete who has the kind of conditioning that Marab has? I've, I've never... <laughs> no, I've never seen it. It's like... It's, and, I, and I tell you, people... He's, can, he's always got access to his A game because yeah. he never has to ration offense. Yeah, I mean... Always. It, right, and the thing that people don't see, he's always in the gym. Like, he missed his flight the other day. I forget where he was going. So he missed his flight, so he came to the gym. He's like, oh, I thought you were... I thought you were... No, no, the plane got canceled. I'm going back later, so... He's going to work out in the gym and then probably catch a 9 o'clock flight. I don't know. He just doesn't stop. The guy, it's not like he's, you could you watch him. He's crazy. The guy's crazy. He's, I mean, I, I did have to have a talk with him. So you got to get off the ledge of the building. Yeah. Yeah. Because I go to <laughs> I your, that. the Italy, only guy right, that could stop Marab is Marab at this point. And, you know, I've known guys that have lost their life, sure. you know, doing that shit. And it's like, 
Man, he's crazy, man. He is just nothing. I love this guy. Nothing bothers you him. Know, his cardio is interesting to me yeah. because it kind of reminds me of someone who's got huge power. And here's what I mean by that. Sometimes you'll see guys with, imagine, like, you know, just like Francis Ngannou power, like just right, absolutely right, right. crippling. They don't always work on their game a lot in terms of refinement because they usually don't need to. But Marab steadily has. I mean, that was the big part of the Yon fight. Everyone made a big show about the amount of takedowns and the amount of strikes. And, of course, that was ridiculous. Please don't yeah. misunderstand me. But there was, a, like, the level of detail he's putting in his game. I thought he turned a corner in that fight. It got much cleaner, much yeah. sharper. So now he's putting the two together. 100%. I agree with you 100%. You know, like a lot of these, even with Aljo um, beating Jan the first time, the momentum that both of these guys are on, it's going to be hard to stop them. And Rob, you're going to have to kill that guy. There's no question about <laughs> All it. All right, it's almost did in that first round, Marlon. Oh, Rice. yeah, imagine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think Rob gets enough credit for walking you know, back from hell. Somebody just played like the corner shit with that, but I told before that fight, in my head, I knew that was going to happen. I knew it was going to, I just knew. I, that's why I said there's going to be a point in this fight you're going to have to walk through fire. I mean, this is before the fight. Yeah. Because Henry, I mean, uh, Marlon hits like a mule. And, you know, Marab's not the most sophisticated guy. Ballsy is a motherfucker, but not the most right. sophisticated with that. So I figured he was going to get hit. And, you know, God, you know, and it happened and he survived it. And I knew after that. It was 100% over. He even came back and might have won that round with the takedown mm -hmm. after running around. Your hats off to Keith Peterson did a great job with that. No There's, nonsense. No nonsense. Dominic Cruz said that Peterson smells like bitches and hooches. <laughs> I like that. I like that, a man, right? I think he smokes, but he's definitely not drinking. Dominic, so, you know, Dominic gets a little crazy with stuff. You know, what's interesting is, um, well, actually, let's, let's stay with Marab for just a second. How did you meet Marab? So I met Marab, his friend fought Eddie Gordon. Remember Eddie Gordon mm -hmm. in the UFC? So they fought at the Ring of Combat. Ultimate Fighter guy, right? Ultimate Fighter yep. guy. Truck. Truck. 100%. So they fought at the Ring of Combat. And then I had, we were, me and Weidman were going into Henzo's to spar every Saturday. And that guy saw me and said, hey, you remember me? You know, they didn't really speak good English. And I go, yeah, I remember you. I didn't even know who Marab was. But Marab tells me he was there that day, but I was unaware of it. So he, um, I go, oh, shit, how you doing? Where you live? And he tells me Garden City, which is really like an affluent, area and I just opened up a gym in Garden City so I go I thought it was weird like really and I said why don't you come to the gym I just opened up a gym in Garden City and him and Marab walked in and uh, the rest is history man really with that you know? yeah but how did you know like I gotta coach this kid I gotta I, you know there was such a language barrier I'll tell you what happened he wanted to fight, obviously. You could see the way he was. He's like a little, you know, that kid in, you know, that needs like Adderall in class or something. You got, he's running around, you can't stop him. Uh, so he wanted to fight. He lost a couple of fights. But I remember him coming to me with an interpreter because he felt awfully. He says, Ray, I gotta, I think I have to leave because I can't communicate. And there was another gym, maybe like 20 minutes away, half hour away, that had a couple of Georgians that he could communicate. I go, Marab? And normally, I, you know, I'm, a little, I'm crazy with the loyalty shit, but I go, Mom, do, do, you got to do what you got to do. I just wanted to see him do good. At that point, I, I really liked him, and I knew where he was coming from, and I could see he was kind of broken up, and he wanted to have the right guy tell me because he couldn't do it himself. So I said, look, go whenever you're ready, you know, come back. So he went. 
He didn't last, it was like maybe three or four months. He studied English, I guess, really hard. He came back, he was talking better, and that's it. Uh -huh. then, it was, then it was game on. Then it was him and Aljo. Yeah, he just couldn't get the work there. But he, he, he just felt so bad with the communication that I think it was bothering him. So. All right, if iron yeah. sharpens iron, how does Aljo and Marab raise each other's game? They just always, listen, they're always there for each other. Obviously, Marab has the gas tank to push Aljo, right, for his game. And uh, Aljo really technically really tightened up Marab's wrestling. Like he maybe was a Sambo guy, but he can wrestle now. You know, they took him to the Columbia room over mm -hmm. here. I mean, he's, you know, like he said, man strength against kid strength. But those kids are good, man. You I know, saw the video. Of, he was it, he was showing them up. Oh, he don't give it. Now, was that the Columbia room or the Columbia room? No, no, no it's the, 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 the Ivy League uh, <laughs> University. Okay, okay. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Well, whatever. Yeah. But, but, but the coach there Luke's was. Luke's wife is from the other Columbia, so that's why. Oh, oh I got it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Columbia, Columbia. Mm -hmm. Cuban, so we got something in common. There you go. Oh, that oh. means you both like spice in oh. your life. As Luke has often said, Coach Ray, are you really in a good relationship if your wife hasn't ripped off your front door at least once? Right? <laughs> well, <laughs> Colombians and Cubans, I think ripping off the front door might be a gift. Yeah. <laughs> That might be a freaking gift. This man understands. Mm, oh, but you know, the thing about success is, Coach Ray, they're going to try to take your two sons here, Aljo and Rob. <laughs> you know, half. they're going to try to make men out of both of them against each other for the world championship. Um, this ain't the Klitschko brothers, Promise and Mom, necessarily, right? To steal right. a boxing story. But it can fracture a great thing, you know? I mean, was DC a Seems great friend, or did he know Kane was coming, brother? You know what I'm saying? DC was a great friend, I think. Okay, then is, then <laughs> is, you didn't th then is Aljo so. a great friend, or does Aljo know it's coming? Or the other way around, nah. what do you say How old about is this Marab? situation? How old is Marab? Uh, 31, maybe? Yeah, so Aljo's 33. 33. So you know, there's a, there's slightly different timelines in terms right. of their... Right, exactly. But you support their celibacy in this situation, A hundred percent. No, no, support it. I'd be really upset if they said they were going to fight each other. You know, Why? Because, you know, like, again, I don't want to, you know, like, money's not my God, right? I'm not going to pray to money. And for people that don't understand, like, money, money's good, but money could also be bad the more you have. So, I mean, it's like, I think people don't get, like, Engano's happy. They, if you're a money guy, you, you're looking at yourself and you're giving up 15 million. Maybe the guy's happy. You know, maybe he's a garbage man who's just happy doing what he's doing. But a lot of people can't understand that. So I, I don't think... I'd be one for, of those people. Which one? With the money? <laughs> the, yeah. I've never gotten to a point where I had so much money, it was bad. Yeah, it looks like yeah. I will sell uh, my soul. To, yeah, yeah. Show me where to sign, please. I don't know about well, that. I'm just saying, no, but you see guys have money and get in trouble. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm like, obviously yeah, You know, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Like, But I think it's good to have principle. And you got to remember where Marab comes from, he's already a winner. He's a winner. There's... If you throw him out of the UFC, he'll go back, he'll do construction. Like, that's what I'm saying. When you're free of that in your mind, you can make decisions. Nobody could play with your mind, right? So, uh, but, you know, look, anything kind of with the UFC, they dangle money at you. That's their carrot. If, if they can't get you to bite with the money, they have no leverage at all with you, you know? So here's, here's why I bring this up. It's not that I find this crazy, but just for the purposes of articulating yeah. it. What is the problem with teammates fighting? Here's what I bring up. You might have seen this as well. Like, I've seen some of the Dutch guys. Now, it's kickboxing, but some of the Dutch guys will have the same team and they'll still fight each other. And they seem to be like, no problem with it. Is it cultural? Is there something specific to MMA about the damage you can incur? What is so taboo about it in your mind? I think the damage is one of the things. It's a street fight, basically, right? It's a legalized street fight. Um, 
And should should brothers fight each other? If they really were brothers, would that be like, you know, wasn't there a movie on that fighting with a brother? Warrior. Warrior, Warrior whatever. Yeah, I, mean, movie, yeah. I mean, is that good? Because they're not really brothers, but they're brothers of a kind. So, um, I, I look, I always had the culture in the gym where, you know, kind of we help each other, and that's the way I'd like to keep it. Um, Unless something changes, but, you know, even if they fought, they're not going to fight each other. Like, the fans will lose on that. They'll make an agreement not to do something. They'll try to take, you know, I'm, I, don't, I don't like it anyway, but right. that, that's not going to happen. But, but like at the end of Rocky Three, back in the gym when the doors are closed and it's just oh, yeah, close beat family, the shit out of each other. do they go ding, ding? Oh, no, they, no. They, first of all, if they do beat the shit out of each other. So for them <laughs> to fight each other, that could be an argument. You're doing it already. Yeah. I, I don't see it happening, man. They're neighbors. They got how they did. I think it's like the way Marab was raised and where he came from. I don't think he's going to, I just don't think it, he's living life, man, right I, now. I, you, like, you, you too. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. lived through Koscheck and Fitch at AKA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 170, just refusing I mean, to do it. I, I look at like, you know, Rashad Evans was with Jackson first and then John. So what, you're selling out for the bigger guy like, yeah, because you'd have to make a tough decision there. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. You wouldn't uh, do it, yeah. I'm not doing it, I can tell you right now. Well, I love that. Listen, you, me and Matt, when we were on the show, yep. we coach guys, right? And then, you know, through that, just that evolution, our team, I think we went 6-1. and one. We went 6-1 and one where the, the vote kept going back and forth. Yeah. Not that we kept it, so I want to say that. Build the accolades even on this show. But uh, when it came time for the guys to fight, I mean, it was like, a no, we're not going in the corner. Like, I don't think I could. I didn't even know these guys. Yeah. So I'm not going to know guys for 10 years. I'm not, I just... Well, look, I, I like that you said... I'm not about money, so that's not going to be a pull. But I think you set a tone that that creates this attitude in your gym. I love the attitude that you bring as a character in this MMA space because there's a lot of guys that don't take shit in MMA to varying degrees of character, but you don't take shit. But you're also like this working-class guy who's going to tell it like it is. This is no disrespect, but if you weren't doing this, you could easily be running that laundromat down the street from me or working at the deli across the street behind the glass because you bring that every man. He has a degree in accounting. I know, but I'm saying he brings that lovable every man. I don't give a shit, but I got your back feeling. Um, Is this like faux celebrity thing where you're coaching, you're doing podcasts, you're doing different things. I know you've done acting in the past. You get down with that? You good with this? Uh, uh, look, first off, is I like money. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, but I love money. I'm not going to sell my character. I'm not going to sell my yes. soul for it, right? Like, what? A, I'll give you a million dollars, but then I'm going to go, well, my kids are going to think I'm a jerk off. Like, you know what I mean? Is it worth a million dollars? No, it's just not. Now, maybe it was the way it was brought up. I don't know, but uh, I'm very content where I'm at. And I think that that's the, even the other thing with coaching, right? If you're not squared away, how could you coach somebody else? And I think that was part of my success is that these guys really, first of all, they all took care of me. They're all great guys. We're still together. Did you, you can't keep two friends like me and Sarah go back 30 years, probably at this point. Like that's hard to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's hard, like even in a marriage, that's hard to do. I mean, we know that, right? Mm. I mean, we have an editorial marriage that's rocky as shit, so I know that. <laughs> you know? But you know what I'm saying? So the fact that everybody's still together, and I don't know how much longer I could keep everything together, but for right now, 
It's been going on for 30 years. Well, you're not chasing the money or the celebrity. Oh, without a doubt. Reading Let your, it come right. Well, reading your yeah. backstory, you didn't get in this for the money celebrity. You didn't You no. didn't get in this when the UFC was created. You go no, way back. way, way so before why that. did you start training people in a garage in their backyards and just chase this dream that's taking you now where you're this funny, lovable character, right, Coach right. Ray, who will kick that ass if you get right. alive. No, no, no. Well, I, wasn't, I wasn't chasing a dream. I loved the martial arts, and I still do. And... Um, that was it. I was really for the love of the martial arts. Like, I, I like you know, we've talked. I'm a, I love Kali. I love the stick and knife stuff. But I had to put it on the back burner because once I started training people, um, I said, man, I really got to take this serious. So, you know, I go with boxing gyms. I had a lot of guys that box friends growing up. We all box, really. But um, And then you start picking people's brains and looking for new ways to motivate people. And it's just people were winning. I think if I maybe started out and everybody was losing, that wouldn't have been good. But... You know, I had guys win the Golden Gloves, kickboxing champs, stick fighting champs. It was like, so I became more of a, maybe a motivator, but I knew what I was doing. Uh, I did have a background, but, you know, I'd love watching people succeed. And through their success, I feel like that's what makes me happy. So It's interesting. Like, we're now entering a phase where <clears throat> MMA is a little bit more like boxing in the sense that we're getting coaches who are a older. I remember right. when cornermen were all the same age as the fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that has changed substantially. And the other one is like you obviously have a background in martial arts, but not a background in like you know, there was no MMA at the time. Hundred percent. But you're still one of the very top coaches. It's interesting. Like, do you have to have fought in the UFC and won a title to be a great coach? Quite obviously, no. Whoa. Um yeah. So what 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 are you able to do that enables you to be in your mind like? Why do you think the coaching has worked so well for you? Okay, so I think, first off, I try to understand each guy. Like, Aljo comes from 19 siblings. Damn. He didn't get a lot of hugs growing up. No. You know what I mean? So I have to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to train him as a guy like that. You know what I mean? Which is weird, I think, to some people. Wait, the other thing i got to say, first off, too, I'm not here for Sarah's if it isn't without Matt Serra. So, I mean, I'm like the front man, but Serra being, I mean, you know, that guy's one of my best friends. Like, he was a fighter, so we have the luxury of I could pick his brain on that. So, it's, he, he's got to take 50% of the credit, you know what I mean? But, and he would tell you, no, definitely not, because I'm going to put the time and I'm going to make sure the guys get the work. I'm going to watch the sparring. I'm going to, you know, interject what I think will help him. And uh, I think it's just, Giving a shit, like just really want, people could feel when you want to, you you want them to succeed, I think. And it was all for real and organic. And it, you know, like, I, I think that's what scares me. The second that stops, I'll, I'll, I'll quit. Well, your gift seems, as you mentioned, to be a motivator. Yeah. So where does that superpower come from where you Oof. got to a point where you're like, you know, I can, I can help others. Uh, Did someone really do that for you? Uh... Like Mr. Johnson, the old guy at the, no, at the no, senior no, really. at the, no, like, at the kids. I think center. my old man was, you know, like we had a restaurant. He'd feed, like, you know, if you didn't have money, he's feeding you. He was just that guy, you know, always, you know, you need help building something. He was over there. So I think maybe watching my dad, you know, be very giving with his time. Maybe that's what did it. Uh, but no, there wasn't like a coach. You know, there wasn't. There wasn't none of that. I was like, no, really. What am I being psycho? Psychoanalyzed? Yeah, no, this guy, yes. he, he snuck, he snuck it in here. Good, holy yeah. bro. He'll, he'll make some fart jokes and then ask you about your status. hundred percent. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, you know, because I, I appreciate that fact of it because obviously you know X's and O's. You're you're partnered with a legend and a yeah. hall of famer. 
but sometimes you got to play good cop, bad cop, and sometimes you just got to light a fire under a guy's ass. You've never been afraid to do that, it seems. Right. And uh, but let me add another thing, too. Growing up, even watching boxing, you know, I always, somebody asked me, what was your favorite boxing match? You'll appreciate this. I go, Duran de Jesus. Oh, won. yeah. I mean, think about that's, it. That's I a mean, good think, How good is that fight? Yes. So I'm watching that with my old man. And then I'm watching Vince Lombardi coach. You know, and I'm, and I'm uh, Angelo Dundee, Gil Clancy chirping at each other. And I, I'm starting to identify, I think, at an early age with the coaches, mm. right? I mean, I guess somewhere along the line, I figured I wasn't going to be a good fighter, so I might as well go, what's the next best thing? Let's go to coaching, you know? But uh, so I think I grew up watching all of those guys with my dad talking about them kind of more than the athletes, although... All he talked about was Joe DiMaggio forever, but you know. <laughs> but besides that, Lombardi was huge. Uh, Joe D must have laid some pipe, well, to, be, oh, to be honest man, with you. I mean, you uh, let me tell you, you want to hear a great story? Yes. I'm at my my second gym, and I go out to the car, and a guy's walking. In. Hey, how's it going? I go, hey, how's it going? I go in the car. I'm like, why wow, that guy look familiar? I just go. Like two days later, the massage therapist goes over. She goes, "Hey, man, Whitey Ford wants to meet you." Oh shit! It was Whitey Ford. Like, holy crap, Whitey! You know, that's all. You know, and I grew up watching. I'm at Yankee Stadium watching Mickey Mantle playing all that shit. But uh, so the stories he had were freaking. Uh, you know, he's talking about laying pipe. You know, and he's talking about Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> the time DiMaggio brought her out to here, and everybody's Woo! sitting there just staring at her. But uh, yeah, so I got to I got to talk to Whitey Ford, which was. You know, being a Yankee fan and Absolutely. coming from that era, as sad as that is to say, uh, was was just phenomenal. And he, and he loved to tell stories, so it was it was great. And then he would always come by the gym. I think his son was into martial arts, and uh, he'd always stop by and say hello. And it was just it was good. But yeah, talking about uh, Joe D, that brought up that struck in my Let, mind. Let's go back to 1980 if we can. 1980. I was, I was, I was graduated St. John's right, in 1980. I was, uh, I was one year old. I think that's when you were two. Well, or you three. were one year. How old are you now? I'm 43. I'm yeah. older than him, you know. Yeah. Yeah, 43. You're a fucking baby. Yeah, I know. Oh, this sucks, man. Yeah, getting old blows. I, I, I don't want. I don't like this couch anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I want to go home, Mama. 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 I want to talk about it because you kind of like you kind of like. I uh, love the 80s. You know, the 80s were insane, especially in New York City. But oh, God. Were you in Long Island or New York City during the 80s? I was in Long Island. Okay, so tell me about Long Island in the 1980s. Like, what was it like? Your area, anyway. Uh, man, a lot of clubs. Club scene was hopping. Um, that was it. I came out. I started working for a company called Ericsson. You know, we'd have the arena in mm -hmm. Sweden. Yep. So it was called L.M. Ericsson at the time. And then I think in accounting or in accounting, yeah. So I worked for a Swedish company. So, wow. uh, and where are we going with this again? How did We're you, in eighty. So I'm, yeah, so I'm doing accounting. I mean, I don't know. If, I think I'm on top of the world. I'm still doing martial arts. I'm training. I'm training people on the side as I'm doing accounting. Um, when, when when were you like, man? Fuck this accounting stuff. I think I'm going to go a different way. Like eighty-seven, probably oh, okay. eighty-eight. Okay, so it took yeah. a little while. Yeah, yeah. No, but I was always training. I was right. even training people in the corporate uh, park. You know, there was uh, my brother worked for a company called El Greco. He was like the uh, VP of finance. He was a big shoe uh, lady. Shoe. Remember those commercials back yeah, in the day? Yeah. El Greco, you could pull them up. But uh, And I started training some executives over there. So I was always doing private lessons and stuff, teaching at uh, my mother's garage. I was still living at home. <laughs> And then a guy walked in one day, and then he became my first kickboxing champ, uh, Mike Ryan. Wow. Uh, he was a badass. Um, 
But like, it. when you told your coworkers, "I'm gonna go uh, train kickboxers in my mom's garage," well, no, were yeah, any yeah. of them like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Well, I was doing <laughs> private. No, nobody was doing that because I'll tell you, at the time, what happened was Erickson was starting uh, for the U.S. point anyway. Was starting to sink. You know, like that ship was people were leaving. And uh, I wanted, you know what happened? We started like taking two hour lunches. I was like, you know, this isn't even good for my work ethic. Like I got to get out of here. And who was, everybody who was starting a telecommunications company, who was doing this construction. So uh, yeah, I chose to go to round in a martial arts, so. And so from 1987, when did things, you had your first champion, like when did things take a turn in the nineties where you knew you had leveled up from what you had started? Uh, Let's see, let's go, I mean, I, I'm, I suck at this. And everybody always asks me and they say, you gotta write it down, but uh, when do I meet Sarah? So I already have a kickboxing champ, 90, oh no, no, uh, he won the gloves in the, where are we, 93? Yeah, 93, 94, I meet Sarah and I'm like- How'd you meet him? I met him at, uh, in the city, Craig Kukoc's uh, gym. He, Craig Kukoc was, Horry and Gracie's first black belt, huh. and he came to the city, and I had a, a guy I trained with, Paul Vunak, call me and go, dude, you gotta get with this guy. He, I remember what he said, he said, a year from today, you'll be way ahead of everybody. It was the first time Gracie Jiu-Jitsu was sure. coming to town, so I would go in there, and obviously there was no UFC, there's nobody there, and Kukak's going, can I even make money as a, as a martial art teacher? And I'm like, uh, I, I started bringing my students, so we even had some people there. Uh, and then I'm gonna say, dislocate on my shoulder, sparring or fight, whatever you wanna call it, and uh, I'm out. And in that time, the UFC hits, and when I go back, that's when I meet Sarah. So what is the and, UFC? And let me, let me back up, I, this is probably boring the shit out of everybody. No, 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 I like it. But Sarah, when I had dislocated my arm, I got my nose, but I, got, I, I took a bit of a beating. But uh, he well, comes in, I'm in a sling with a black guy. Sarah walks in with his friend. He's 17 years old, and he's, and he's talking to me. I, got a, I don't know how old I am, maybe 30, probably old. Oh, no, I think I'm 35. So he's like, you know, this kid's got drug problems. I want to get him into something. He'll be good. He's, I'm saying a 17-year-old kid bringing his friend, you know, to help him out. I mean, it's just insightful. So in the course of that, you know, like again, I'm there, I got a black eye, I'm in a sling. And I said, you know, I told him I was doing Gracie Jiu Jitsu. And he said he was going to seminars. I think he thinks I'm lying at this point. So, blah, blah, blah. I get done with my rehab. It's like three months later. Kukok ends up coming to the city. Who's the first guy I see walking in the door at Oishi Dojo? It's him. I'm like, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I just bought a house like maybe half a mile away from where he grew up. So uh, I had gotten married, bought a house, and uh, I said, if you want, I'll drive you in. So we just start driving in and busting balls from day one. Man, he was a motherfucker, dude, that guy. You but, mean, you mean but, this Joe Pesci look like? Uh, let me tell you, that motherfucker was, and let me tell you, I don't know how he was doing it, but he pissed on every, you ask anybody from that era, that guy was unbelievable. He was, he just was out of control. You couldn't stop him. His jujitsu was 
Crazy. Are you practicing? He always asks, are you looking at the tapes? Are you practicing? <laughs> I'm married. I got a kid. I, I, got, I really don't have the time. I'm trying. But he was, he had brothers and his father was into it. So they could take whatever they got in the city and go home and date. I would see that guy 100 on bars on one side. I'm like, dude, I, I got to get out of here. Let's just roll or do something. But I can't. The reps were. Then it was the guy pulls out. We go to a triangle. He goes, this is the home apply. Just the over and over. And, and then he just started winning. Nobody was touching him back then, you know. And then he technically did win Abu Dhabi, but he had a technically throw the match, I guess you could say, because the other guy was from Gracie Baja, and that's the way they did things. Closeouts, I was, yeah. Not, yeah. That I was pissed about. But I think closeouts in jiu-jitsu are oh, beyond think, indefensible. And the prince even said, anybody gets caught doing that, you'll never come back here again. So... But Sarah definitely, look, he beat John Jack Machado. That was insane at that point. Huge. Insane. Especially, I, especially I, for an American at yeah. the time. That was unheard of. Yeah, I had okay, a bull. So it's yeah, mid-90s. Yeah, mid-90s. And you've got this rising guy, Matt Sarah, who you're like, depending on what discipline we go in. Right, and I'm training kickboxers and boxers at the same time. At the so, same time, yeah. the UFC is hitting. It's a pay-per-view yeah, yeah, overnight yeah. success. It becomes this edgy yes. thing for teens like us to be like, oh, shit, let's tape a nickel over the button on the black box, you know, in the, yeah. the cable box, and I can see the boobs through the squiggly lines. Yeah, but, yeah, no, yeah. this time I can convince Dad to buy me UFC 4. How much does the growth of UFC there change your martial arts direction in your mind of what you're doing, training people out of the garage and then escalating to a, hey, I got this great guy in camp now. Yeah, no, I think it was everything, you know, but I was considered successful with the promoting kickboxing and kickboxing at the time. Okay. So, you know, so I, I think that's why people came. I was the only guy around with the stand-up, if you think about it. You know, a lot of people weren't doing that. So I already had kickboxing champions, you know, guys doing Thai boxing, guys boxing. So it was, and, and plus I was from Long Island. So, you know, I guess I was the guy to go to. So, but that, the UFC changes everything. I kind of put... Whatever training I'm doing, I got to be almost 40 at the time, right? So I just concentrate on training people, you know. When did you, at what point do you and Sarah begin to team up to train both either, I guess, him? Yeah, let's talk about that. Sarah Longo wasn't a thing until his career is mostly over? I'm going to say yeah. Right. I'm not 100% sure. I'm going to say yeah. So when, as he is moving through the ranks past the Shoney Carter fights, and then eventually we're going to get yeah. back to the Ultimate Fighter 4, yeah, yeah, he yeah. wins against Chris Leto. Where are you during this whole time? Oh, I'm right with him. Okay. Oh, no, no, we're, we're, we're hanging out together. Uh, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm close with him at this point. Not like today, but it's... The relationship is, Bill, I like the guy. He was, for a young guy, I felt like there wasn't even an age gap. He was way mature beyond his years, and he was, he was funny, and he was, he was a fighter. Look. What's the first fight you cornered him for? Do you remember? In the UFC? Yeah, Shoney. It was the Shoney fight. Yeah, yeah, Shoney. Which, yeah. for folks who may not remember, he actually lost via one of the earliest ever spinning back fists. Yeah, one of, one, of, one of the reasons I love him, too, because, um, you know, and it's funny, and when we looked at Shoney, I remember I had a kid who won the gloves with me. He said, we're looking at Shoney spin back fist. I'm like, eh, no, he'll see that coming. And then he did get hit by it. <laughs> I swear to God. And then I, you know, Henzo was the guy in the corner. He only let one guy in. I'm screaming, man, he's going to set you up again for it. And then, look, here's why I love him. He could have left me at that point. I'm the striking coach, so I, I'm getting attacked by everybody. 
And he'll do the interviews. Ray never told me to keep my hand up my ass. He never said that. And he's, you know, look, he made a mistake. He grew from it. But that's what all the other generations of guys get. You have a guy that lost his first UFC fight. Yeah. Plus, he just beat John Jacques Machado. So he's basically getting immortalized, right, on that level. He loses. He's got to look at that for 10 years. He becomes a champion. That's a strong-willed guy. That's a, Absolutely. That's a strong-willed motherfucker, man. He really was... What a what a badass he Did was. Did it change you up. being around somebody that hungry, that mentally strong? I think so. I think it all adds. I think we all play off each other. You know what I mean? Like you know, I mean, it's like I'm trying to think. Of, you got to remember too. Like, not many people know this story. So when I meet Sarah, I my gym was down the block from the courthouse in Nassau County, and he's in court because he had bit a guy's ear off in a fight. <laughs> this is not, he doesn't mind me saying this now. We never really talked about this. Jesus. So no, no, seriously. So he's at the pizza parlor. He calls his girlfriend up. I could get this story a little wrong too, but he calls his girlfriend up. The brother picks up the phone, basically tells him to go fuck himself. Matt tells him to go fuck himself. The guy's a juice head. He runs down. He breaks his boss's nose. He grabs Sarah in the bag. This is before jujitsu. I'll always say, if I knew jujitsu, this would have never happened. I would have been able to, almost like what he did in the restaurant. Right. Would have been a little different, but he bit the guy's ear completely off. So he beats, nice. he beats the, you know, listen, so that's, but you know, as a coach, I'm like, I got a fighter. This is, this is the shit <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for. I may for. have a champion you know, you know here, what yeah. I mean? Like, I need, once you got the balls, it's easy. Yeah. Like, if you got a guy who's gun shot, you can show him all the boxing you want. He doesn't want to get hit. There's nothing you can do about it unless you can, you know, figure out a way to make him at ease with that, which obviously there's ways to do. So he's coming to the gym in between. You know, he beats the criminal case. Then they sue him for like 12 million civilly. And uh, he's coming to court <laughs> every day. We're hanging out talking, you know, and, and the guy, like it was total self-defense, but the guy was saying that Sarah knocked him down then he bent over and bit his ear off. And I'm like, dude, if you did that, I want you to get the fuck out of the gym. That's a different level. Self-defense <laughs> is one thing. But if you have That's just cannibalism. No, that's cannibalism at that point. But that's what the guy was saying. But Sarah, you could see his personality now. Because I talked to the, uh, the defense attorney. He goes, I never had a better witness than this guy. You know what I mean? That was for another problem we had. But so that one, so he's coming to the gym and we're talking about the case every day. And he beats the civil case, you know, and then he moves on. And at that point, we're fighting. That was always the weird part. I go, if they know you're fighting now, but, you know, it wasn't, you didn't have the coverage like today. Sure. I think it would have been a problem. I don't even think it ever came up, but he was already fighting. He beats that. And, uh... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, that was... Uh, where, where, how'd we get onto that? Did that guy ever sew an ear back on, or he just went well, like... Well, I tell you, Sarah tells me now he's up there. He had a prosthetic ear. He was screwing it on and off for the jury. And I'm like, dude, this is this is insane to me. This guy's, dude, I 80s know. and 90s prosthetics no, no. hair. <laughs> oh, I don't even know. But he said the guy was off the juice, yeah. so he didn't even look big now. He goes, holy oh, shit, wow. he was half the size he was. And he's got this fake But hair now you got another guy who's five foot six, 
So you, he's not a big guy, Matt. So he and he speaks well. So he he he's doing good. He beats that case. And then we just uh, from there we just got tight as shit. I don't know. He's a he's a really funny guy. Like there's there's times I'm driving, I'm on the phone, I got to pull over. Like he's <laughs> he's that he's just a great guy. Yeah, but what fuels him having balls? Because he's got balls, Matt Sarah. You know, it was a lot of. It's a lot of fights as a kid, man. You know, I would talk to other guys from his high school, and then when and when I was promoting him, because he would fight on whatever the ring of combat was back then, me and Negley were doing the shows at the Vanderbilt on Long Island. Dude, he'd pre-sell like two, 300 tickets, which is not easy to right. do. He was a real likable guy. And he was that guy in school. He was, uh, he was the badass, but he was the badass fighting the bullies. He wasn't a bully, and he sure. still would never do that. He's... If you're a bully, he's going after you. But same, same with like Weidman. You, you think you're alpha male and somebody in the club, Weidman's, he's ripping you right out of there. You know, that's what I love about these guys. So, you know, and I, you know, and I don't come from the easiest environment, but these guys, I think, took it to another level. Who, who gave Sarah the nickname the Terror? Man, no idea. Probably just rhymed, I guess. Yeah. Well, it wasn't you or anything. I don't think so. I mean, well, I'm having the argument. Because now I'm starting to under. I mean, I knew it all was oh, no, yeah. But now I'm like, oh, shit. Now it's oh, no, that guy was a terror. Yeah. <laughs> now, even coming out of jujitsu one time, he saw a guy sitting on my car down there. He started to run. I had to grab him by his shirt. Like, I don't. What is it? So what? They're sitting on the That guy was going to go crazy. Now, he's. All right. Well, well he goes yeah. crazy and becomes yeah. a legitimate title I don't. Contender. I think we, yeah, we drifted off. Well, yeah. well, we could drift back in here. Yeah. you got GSP in front of you. It becomes. Yeah. The kind of the go-to on the biggest upset in UFC yeah. history, although Matt's also a Hall of Famer, so we know that he had the ability to pull that off. But did it go exactly in a best-case scenario of what you would have hoped there? Did you, you know, what do you yeah. what do you remember about game planning for GSP the first time? Well, I've got game planning for GSP. You know, he tells the story like I made him believe in his in his right hand, right? He did have power, but I'm like, made you believe you you broke a guy's jaw with a headgear on. I seen you knock down three or four guys. One guy was GSP sparring partner. Like he thinks, so you got to remember the relationship. I was a ball buster, so like what he's doing to me now, he's making up for what I did to him when he was a younger kid, right? So I, you know, I'm like the father now, so I got to take it, like a, you know, whatever. But so. He would always think I was bullshitting. I'm like, where do you see the bullshit? I'm just saying, like, if you hit this guy, he's going. That's it. And I, I thought I just did a great job with getting him the right sparring looks and everything. And I, I knew, you got to remember, too, at the time, Sarah is a legend at Henzo's. He's, he's beating everybody. He's just, you know, and GSP was training there with Dana. So he's hearing this shit. I don't care who he's rolling with. The guy's going to go, no, Sarah kills me. You know, so he thinks we want the fight to the floor. We never intended to that, that fight to go to the floor at all. And for folks who remembered, it was supposed to happen, then GSP gets injured. And that was huge, too. And it gave you guys yeah, another, like, two months of you're sparring. Good. You're good. That, that was huge. Yes. That was huge. I don't even know before the two months. That two months really let us dial in 100%. That's a great point. When he landed that first right hand that absolutely yeah. landed flush, what went through your mind? Because I'll, I'll never forget where I was. Oh, I was yeah. at a Hard Times Cafe in Fredericksburg, Virginia, watching this. Because, yeah. of course, he had to come off the Ultimate Fighter, the season four redemption season. Yeah. Where they brought all the guys back, including Shoney Carter, by the way. They brought Shoney Carter yeah. back for that. And uh, Matt wins it against Chris Lytle in a fairly, like, boring-ish yeah, fight. 100%. 100%. And that so he that fight could have went either way, even though I thought Matt won. But, again, I, I just got – you know what it is? I got really t 
tough guys that are good guys, which I think is always the best compliment. Right? You don't want to be a fucking lunatic where you just always, you never off. These are good guys. Like, he really felt horrible for Lytle. Lytle had four kids. I remember him telling me, that sucks, but, you know, I got to do what I got to do. Right. But I think that's why he gave him that fight in Illinois at the end. He wanted that in the worst way for Lytle. As mm. crazy as that sounds, this is why I love him. I really, and those guys ended up having a great friendship. You know, him and Dean Thomas, super close. And that's what I love about fighting. You fight a guy and then you're friends with him. You and know? then you know a guy. And then you know a guy, man. In some uh, ways. So, so but, uh, when, yeah. that, when that right hand landed, yeah. and you could see GSP is in trouble. Yeah, I, I kind of knew it was over, you know. I kind of knew it was over. And we went through it because the funny part was so... That night I had Lou Como, Drago, Pizzell, and Matt fighting. Uh, remember when uh, Como hits, uh, who was the kid that Bisbing fought in the finale? Was it Cowboy maybe? No. Who'd Luke beat in Texas? I can't think of his name, come on. Bisbing fought him. I don't even think Bisbing got rid of him in five rounds. He was on the show with Bisbing. Nice guy. Can't remember. Oh, but anyway, so Luke knocks him out and the guy grabs the ref's leg, right? So I go to Matt, I go, listen, if you get him hurt, you got to maintain distance. The guy's going to look to grab you. I'm just pacing it off of what just happened with Luke. Mm -hmm. And after he hit him, you, you watch Matt, he's lining him up. He's looking for him, very patient. And then when he got him on the floor and got him in trouble, he just finished it off. But yeah, that was, that was great. To this day, I mean, a lot of people don't, like... GSP tapped to strikes. Yeah, he did tap to strikes. Which I actually don't even blame him for because he was getting bombed on. Yeah. But that was the ultimate surrender, was yeah. it not, to get that guy to tap to strikes? Without a doubt. Well, GSP, GSP's a great guy. He's a yeah, nice of course. guy. Yeah, well, I'm know? not saying it to besmirch him. No, 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 definitely not. But I'm saying he'll even tell you. He, that's what I'm saying. Sarah bit a guy's ear off. I watch some of these guys in the street. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> GSP's not biting anybody's ear off. Right. It's a sport. You know, to me, Matt was always street fighting. You know, and then we have to sophisticate that. But when you have that type of mentality and you've been in 100 street fights, look, the difference back then was guys were fighting for nothing. They fought because they loved to fight. It wasn't about they weren't negotiating money. They were, now, which allowed Dana to build that thing up. And I think that's why he takes care of Matt today. You know, he's always uh, he, he really takes good care of Matt. So, um, you know, those guys fought. Because they love to fight. So GSP, I don't think was ever that guy. I think he's an athlete and he's a sportsman. You know, he's just a nice kid. But, you know, you put him out, you know, like, uh, whatever. I'm just saying. Like, All right. In hindsight, yeah. Coach, in what ways did that night change your life? Uh... I don't, I don't even know, man. I, everything was just good. Dude, I, look, I'm riding a wave that hasn't even stopped. But that gives it's you a, a critical wave. stamp that, yeah, 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 that yeah, this yeah. camp, this coach, this yeah. fighter, that, that this is you know, a moment in time. You know what's weird? Back then, I was just telling this to people in the gym. I didn't even did, I, I might have did one interview after. I didn't even want to talk to anybody. I didn't even care. You know, the social media wasn't a thing, maybe. It wasn't a, a big deal. I never really was wanted to... Uh, you know, glom any of the, the limelight because it was Sarah's the fighter. So, you know, I mean, he he always did a good job, you know, pushing me out, out in front of everybody. So that was it. It wasn't until he retired and I got with Weidman, I started getting a little more, you know, I had to, the, the relationships were different. So, I, you know, I started stepping out and talking more. And People forget you know, Sarah had good wins after that, the Frank Trigg. A hundred percent. Bombed on Trigg, And he used for a hundred percent bombed on Trigg, big time. 
Trust me, I hear about it every week. <laughs> yeah, that one was a bit acrimonious. Oh, no, no, that's, a, that's his favorite fight to talk about. Okay. But, uh, and then the use fight, I thought he 100% won. I thought he stole it at the end with that, what did he, inside leg trip or what, hip toss? I don't know what he did, but he took him down nice, yeah. and he didn't really get any damage in that fight. I thought that was definitely 1-1 going into the third, and... What a crazy talk about split decisions and oh, both yeah. guys' names are Matt. You want to fucking have a heart attack? <laughs> I think we won Matt. I mean, it was you, not Sarah. It's like, ah, oh, that was a bummer because I really wanted to win that fight. But All right, on the Ray yeah. Longo coaching journey, yeah. Matt Sarah has a moment and establishes you on the elite level, on the top level. Maybe, yeah. When does Chris Weidman walk into your life? Yeah, yeah so... There's a guy that went to school with him that called me probably 10 times. You gotta see this guy, he's a wrestler. He said, go right, I, 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 I don't care. I don't, you know what I mean? I'm just happy doing my thing. I got, <laughs> I got my little gym, I'm, I'm doing good. And, and I must have blown him off. I, I, I guess I never, I always blew him off and then he walked in the gym one time. And he walks in the gym and I was watching sparring. He sat on the ring with me and uh, everything's over. And, Two o'clock in the morning, we're still talking. Now I go, man, I really like this guy. What a nice, what a nice guy. He's asking the right questions and blah, blah, blah. And then I see this guy, and I'm like, man, I never saw wrestling like that. I wasn't really the wrestling guy. I always let it somebody else do it. But Weidman was a, man, was he a different I saw in Weidman what I saw with Matt with the jujitsu. These guys are unstoppable. And then if you look at even his collegiate ones, he had a couple of, you know, uh, Flops, but he, he beat Phil Davis, he beat Beta. So on any given, I think he lost to Rochelle, right? Uh, and probably a bunch of other guys. But but on any given day, he could beat anybody right. with that. But it was a level that I never saw before. Man, did he take, he took to the striking really well. And, um, you know, again, we I, I don't know if you heard the story about when we went out to dinner the other night. But, um, you know, he wanted to spar right away. And I'm like, dude, listen. You have a shot. You're not jumping in there, right? Then a guy called up. He was bringing a wrestler. Do you have anybody from the spa? Whoever was supposed to spar him doesn't show up in Weidman's there. He goes, I'm sparring. You know, he's, he's with me like three months. This guy comes from a wrestling family out east. And um, I go, you know what? Okay, you can spray. You don't have a mouthpiece, though. I figure I go that route. That's when you hear this story. He uh, now there's a concrete floor under the octagon. The mats. There's no mats. He sees a mouthpiece. This <laughs> shitty with the fucking fuzz on it. And the, the, he goes, I got one. He sticks this fucking mouthpiece. I I do I go. I got another winner. I don't even have to see him. Well, it sounds like the script to a movie right no, now. It's, 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 listen, it's a movie it. where Billy Blanks would play the high school janitor and he'd kick ass. You know what I mean? Dude, he picks up the mouthpiece and he beats the ever-living shit out of this guy who was a wrestler. I mean, but the guy now came from a wrestling family. He was older, though. He's probably like 30, probably 34, which is pretty funny because that doesn't seem old today. But Weidman was probably 23. He just beat the piss out of the guy. I go, holy shit, we got to just fast-track this guy. Then. And then... You know, no, that was a fast track. That was a fast track right to the title. That really was yeah, a fast track. I'll tell you what track. the turning point was for me with Weidman was the Mark Munoz fight. Oh, God, unbelievable. He when he slashed him with the elbow. And what then, timing on that, too. I was just like, holy fucking shit, this guy is going to oh, do something crazy. Dude, he was... I seen him just leave people laying dead in the octagon. He was vicious. Weidman, now he's a fucking family man. He's a great guy, but I think it came with a price of him not being as hungry as he was coming up. You know, he was living in his mother's basement. Um, 
he was still getting in street fights. I mean, I've been with him a couple of, he's, he's crazy. I mean, they're, they're all nuts, but they're all great guys. But I can't <laughs> tell you, like, why Wyman is like, like, I, like on the side, I don't even think there's anything you could do to that guy. You have to either knock him out or you're just getting ragdolled. Like, if you don't know what you're doing, he's right. just, he's a, he's huge. And he, he was just killing everybody. All right, killing I have everybody. to know, yeah. which locker room after the win was crazier? Sarah beating GSP or Wyman beating Anderson Silva the first time? Uh, let me say, I'm going to say, I'm going to try to probably say Weidman because everything's bigger at the time, media. Yes. And, yes. Like the other thing, I'm telling you, Matt, it was just like we were going to a fight. Like people say, what was it like having three guys fighting on the same card? I, I don't know. Like they all were equal. Like, you know, even though Cyril was fighting for the title, right. he's just telling his story. I'm, I'm staying with a friend of mine in, in Houston at the time. And he's going, we're going to see 300. Like, oh, I'll pass. So, the movie. The movie 300. So you could go back, what is it, 2007, right? They come in, he's walking down the hall. They're coming down the hall going, you got to go to the press conference. Like, he doesn't even, like, this is where we're at. <laughs> he's, he's not even, he, he, no, he goes, no, I'm going to the movie. No, no, you got to go to the press conference. This is where we're at. Mm. Like, everything was, we weren't putting a big emphasis on things. And again, this is my standpoint. You know, like, he could be different. But he calls up, he goes, you got to get over here quick. Um, you know, there's like Luke and Drago already left. There's, I'm by myself. GSP's got a whole entourage. By the time I get there, they're already in midstream. He's <laughs> making jokes up on the podium. And, uh, but that, that's kind of the way it was. So it wasn't, it, it was big, but Sarah's grounded, man. He never, like you were never worried about him going out and wrecking his car or, right. you know, Sleeping with ten hookers and getting snorting an eight ball. Now they're all really good. I even had that conversation with Alex. I'm not even worried about you. He's such a nice kid and he's got a great girl and he just does the right do, thing. Do those wins? They're so different. Different guys, yeah. different times. Do they mean the same thing to you? I wonder if they mean slightly different things in their own way. You know, two like, of the again, greatest I, upsets I, in MMA. Yeah, I take it like. Like, Frivola's fight, to me, was as big as Aljo's fight the other night. Like, I think that's what I love about the UFC. Each fight is like a... They're all... They carry such heavy weight with them for a variety of reasons. So, uh, I, I just think that, um, you know, with, we with Weidman... You know, I got Sarah in the corner with me or whatever. You know, he's now part of that end of it. So, the dynamic changes, I think, a little bit. But they're all great times. But I would never say this was better than that. But Weidman's definitely was more monumental based on where we were. It was another 10 years future. So, you know, all the, the media, you're going here, you're getting interviewed here. It was different. Back then, they didn't even have that. But you would know better than me. But that's my But also, when you upset GSP, no one knew at that moment who GSP necessarily would become. Right. When that's you knock thing. out Anderson Silva to end he the 16th fight He was already up to 100%. I mean, because... I want to say, what did you feel? It's a huge moment for you guys, but it was a weird ending. Anderson kind of did it to himself. He did, yeah, yeah. He did spider things. Seems Weidman just kept punching, and you got rid of him. Yeah. What are your emotions then in that moment? Beyond, beyond the the, whole, the first fight, it was just unbelievable. I can't, couldn't believe he did it. You know, I mean, it was one of those because you got to remember at that point, Anderson Silva's got a highlight tape from hell. I mean, look at all the knockouts that guy had and all this stuff. So, um, Did you think Weidman was going to wrestle him? I thought Weidman was going to wrestle him more than knock him out, but I know he had power in his hands, 
And uh, even that thing with the punch a hole in his chest, which that was really like emotional for me in there. So like, again, people try to get me to say it. I never have said it ever. I'll write it, but I won't say it. But the goal was to put a bullseye on his chest because he had the good head movement. So I wanted him to at least make contact and then the second and third punch find his head. So it wasn't like it came out of left field. He knew what the fuck I was talking right, right. about. Yeah, I was hoping you know? as an old wrestling fan, Ox Baker, you were going for the heart punch. That's what I was hoping. Yeah, well, the, people the, don't use that enough in MMA. I'll tell you what, no, the, the punch under the uh, the high rib up here too is, that's that's a problem, man. You could puncture a lung and you, know, you break that upper rib, you puncture a lung. So Duran was big on that punch oh, yeah. though. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? So, I mean, I, I do... You know, I've always gone over with my fighters, but uh, it wasn't that wasn't that wasn't for that. That was just to stabilize them. I want him to hit something. I don't want him to get frustrated missing. You know, sometimes you know it's like I'd rather hit a guy at 50 percent than miss him at 100 sure. percent. You know that type of mentality. We, we we don't have a ton of time left, but yeah. I want to see if there's a through line. So you had yeah. this incredible run with Sarah, this incredible run with with Chris Weidman, which is not over, but certainly I think you know mm -hmm. um, he, he is. Uh, Probably closer to the end right, of his right, career yes. than the beginning, I think it's fair to say. And now with Aljo doing these incredible things, imagine I'm a coach and I'm like decent, but I haven't kind of got it figured out. And I asked you, coach, what what can I do? What what has been the through line that has enabled you to take guys from Long Island, who, yes, are special athletes, yeah. but to really turn them into something great? What do I need to do to put myself in a position like you have, what is the right. what is the common denominator there? I'm going to say the first common denominator. And like again, I you know I should be thinking about this more, but you have to give a shit about them more than yourself. That's it. It's got to be selflessness at its highest. Uh, no matter what it takes, where you have to bring them, what you have to do for them, what trouble you have to get them out of, how you have to be there for them, what Chris things you have to just. It, you got to immerse yourself. We we really, I never liked that word family, but it is kind of like a family, you know, at this point. And um, I think it's it's not a technical thing. I think everybody, go to YouTube. Everybody's got technique now, right? I mean, you know, another conversation we had the other day, like I listen, you know, sometimes even with, with you guys, like I listen to, like if you're looking at one of my fighters, like sometimes I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, you know, like Favola's laughing. He's like, they said I, I put up my hands to draw out the low attack. It, it looks that way after the fact. But, you know, if you're telling me that during the fight, like, look, I think he's trying to draw him out. That's different. But it's always easy to go back and look. Yeah, you we know, just talk it, bullshit into these microphones. No, it's just a fight. I listened to somebody one time with Aya Quinton. I'm like, I don't even know what the guy's talking about. Like, you know, was I, 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 I <laughs> I, I think when you look at it after the fact, you could come up with, look, he must be setting them up. I, I, it makes sense, but that's not really what's happening. You know what I mean? We did the, the thing with Frivola, just to go back on that. We, I said, if he beats you, he beats you with his right hand. We're not letting this guy win with his left hand. Mm. That's all he throws. That's where his power is. I go, you're going to lose, you lose to the other hand. And that's what we just focused on taking away his, his cross. And I yeah. think that's what happened. So I would even... And I would tell Favreau, you get punched in the head with that cross, you fire your right hand back. He can't get his hand back in time. So I'd smack him in the head, he comes back with the right. So now Dobe is going low. I go, oh my God, he's setting him up. You know, he's going low because he wants to fake him out and go high. And I, that would have been the first adjustment I made. But he throws low, Favreau follows that cross back with a right, and he's got power. That's, Dude, that's he's that. got balls. Too, he's got though. balls. You know this. Yeah, he's I got mean, balls. Look, I, he's your fighter. You, yeah. you, you, you're ready to bring this kid to a title. But like, what do we not know about Matt Favreau up to this? Point? By the, the thing we don't know is he's still growing and he's still understanding. 
the fight game. Like after he lost to McKinney, he'll tell the story, but I grabbed him because I probably wasn't giving him that much. And I said, you're too, I'm not letting you go out like this. You're too talented. And I just go right back to basics. Do you understand? Can you lead a guy into punches? Can you walk him around? Can you... You can't just go running in with your fucking head, like, and think that, you know, I'm, I'm you know, he's the guy with the bayonet, you know, the, the first guy getting killed, you know what I mean? So now he's starting to think. You see, he's moving a little yeah, bit. Yeah. His awareness, he's looking, his you know. His timing got better. His timing got better. I make him, I go, look, I start a boxing class. I go, you guys are all boxing, right? I mean, where does everybody get knocked out? Is it anything special? It's a good one-two or yeah. hook cross. I mean, it's not rocket science. That would be the next thing I would tell the coach. You know, it's not really rocket science, man. You could just you stick to the basics, you know. Um, but, and I made Fravola. He didn't like it. He hated the boxing class. Not only box, but, you know, I cut off the octagon in fours. So you got, <laughs> there's no place to go. Right. You're going to deal with getting hit, sitting in that fucking pocket and coming back. Or we're going to have a problem. You know, even Alger, he, don't, he hates the class. But he does do it, and I think it made him better, you know, because they can do everything. Frivola could do everything. Aljo could do everything. Uh, you know, Frivola can wrestle. His jiu-jitsu's not bad. He's a good kicker. He's a good puncher. But if you're not using your head, what good is it? Like, you know, you're wasting, you're wasting your tools, so. You work with um, Billy Q as well? I don't, I mean, I've, I've had him in the gym a couple of times, okay. but no, I'd love to work we with Billy. love that guy, oh, Billy You yeah. cannot dislike Billy Q. He's one of those guys. I'd love to see him in the gym. I think he would benefit tremendously because that 35 to 55 were, were really deep. Um, where, where'd we go with that one? Oh, I, I want to I ask this question because I feel like it's really important in this way. Like people who are very associated with a certain yeah. part of the world. I've one time heard Jerry Seinfeld explain what he loved about New York, and he meant New York City, and probably in particular yeah. more Manhattan than anything else. But He's a Long Island guy, too. But he, he knows the yeah. story, but he was explaining what he loved about New York. What do you love about Long Island? Tell me about Long What What is great about Long Island? Man, I think uh, I just love the people on Long Island. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, where I went, I, I grew up in a real blue-collar area. I just... I love the grit of Long Island dealing with like Hurricane Sandy and you know 9/11. Everybody banding together. Uh, I guess it's just where I grew up, and I I don't think I could leave. You know, like you know Algiers, oh, you got to come to Vegas. You know, Weidman, you know North Carolina. I don't know, man. I think well, I'm stuck I, in New York. I don't know. Maybe it's you here's know. What I mean, I one time asked like Greg Jackson, like, why does Albuquerque work for you? Yeah. He was saying like the desert kind of steals you. You know, over time, you have to you have to have a biological answer for the harshness of the desert, and they would immerse themselves in that. And that that's what he believed was a part of his success. But of course, you don't have a desert in Long Island. You have wonderful beaches and all kinds of things. Yeah. So like, what is it that makes you guys what you are being from that area? Yeah, it could be like, you know, because half the year, you know, you get out of your car and you're a foot deep in snow, <laughs> it hardens you, you want to kill somebody, you know? Uh, you deal with, you know, adverse heat, you deal with adverse, you know, coldness. Everything's aggressive. Everything, everything yeah, everything's yeah. in your face. But I, but where I disagree is I really, and I, and when I'm out, like if I go away, I, I look, I try hard to be a nice guy. I don't, you know, I mean, you got to work at it too. But you're not, you know, no, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I definitely. I don't like when I hear like New Yorkers suck, and I don't feel that at all. No, and New Yorkers I, don't suck, and, but their method of communication, to yeah. people who don't know it, seems rough. Yeah, because here's what I'm gonna say. So I'm in a gym. I got Dagestanis. I got Georgians. I got guys from Israel. I got, 
do we could all get along. They're all, it's all, they're all great guys. Like that's what I, that's one of the things I love about coaching. I, I get to talk to different cultures and, you know, one guy's father was, um, just telling me like, uh, even during like the Cuban missile crisis or whatever, or something with like the, they were shitting in their pants. They thought we were going to bomb them. We think, you know, we're shitting right, in our exactly. pants. We mm -hmm. think they, and you get to just, you know, meet different people and, culturally get to, you know, um, see where they're coming from. That's what I love about it. It's a melting pot, you know, and you get all these combinations of, you know, cultures coming at you. And I think, you know, you grow from that. You evolve from that. You know, even, you know, my wife being Cuban, I mean, I love it. You know, I mean, I love, you know, embracing, you know, her Cuban. I re really respected her parents. They came here with nothing. They had to escape. They made a great life for themselves, mm -hmm. both very successful. I might not agree with them, but I 100% respected them. And I love, I love the immigrant mentality, you know what I mean? Like, almost like talking to my grandfather years ago, you know, I'd love that. That's Just, the culture you brought. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, like, it's not an insult. I feel like you could be the guy working at my local diner and I'd yeah. be like, you know, though that's Ray, you know, you bring that yeah. to high level mixed martial arts because it's who you are and the only way you know. And I think there's, you know, it's a, re yeah. it's a refreshing. Thank, thank you. Yeah, you know. I guess, you know, like again, no, every Sunday in the Bronx, you know, that's a different animal altogether. My sure father enough. was just born and bred. He couldn't get, you know, he loved the Bronx and all my relatives there. It was Those Sunday dinners were insane. People are getting stabbed, oh, reaching yeah. for an extra sausage. I mean, I don't know. It was, but, and I guess that's what molds you and builds you. And then as you grow up, you start associating with like people, I think. So, you know, I always said, like, like Sarah, Sarah was funny. He was an Italian guy. He loved all of that shit. You know, that, that, you know, whatever. You, you know. got any cool Studio 54 stories? You and Andy Warhol in the show? No, no Studio 54. What was that? White I, Lightning or what? I used to love, um, what was it? Cafe Iguana was big. I don't know if you remember that place. It was a smaller place. Uh, where else did we go? Infinities, I think. I don't know. Whoever the good narcotics were, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was never a big drug guy until, you know, more like recently. I started, like, smoking just to get to bed. But, uh, hey, hey, you're, hey. You're a weed guy? No, nah, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah me just, too. I love it. Just I, yeah. I think it's... Well, you know. boy, look at you on the OG Kush chem dog train. Yeah, 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 no, 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 whatever. But I, it's only like you never catch me during the day doing any of that shit. But I want to sleep. I, I really value sleep as like a huge factor of good health. And you especially know. as you get like you know. A hundred percent. Yeah, but that's you, it's you. But yo, you're a baby, first of all. Hey, I'm telling. Hey, I'm a poorly maintained baby. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. His white hair is all over though. Yeah. I mean, this is a this is a mess over there. You know? Yeah. No. It's well, I gotta say, coach. Though I want to up here yeah. it's one thing that's kind of funny i will say that um we we wanted to we talked to you for a while but i yeah. something was circulating recently on, on social media about you which was you know it's kind of unfortunate we don't have a independent mma hall of fame we have a ufc hall of fame which i'm not bagging on i'm you know sarah's in it and deserves yeah, yeah. to be in it right like but there's no place for the coaches man and i gotta say if there was one holy shit Ray, yeah. you'd be first ballot <laughs> Hall of Fame if, if we had anything to do with it. I, yeah, and I mean, that. Awesome. the proof I, is in the pudding at that mom and pop yeah. shop you got over there. It's yeah, one yeah, thing. Yeah, it's yeah, one yeah. thing to to cross just to get lucky to cross paths with Sarah. You have to say, yeah, without, without a doubt, yeah, right? that's you got another lucky. good point. But then to get Weidman and now yeah. to get Aljo yeah, and all yeah, these yeah. other guys who also like Al Quinto, we didn't even talk about him. Oh, he had yeah, a great oh, career man, too. One of my like, favorites. Yeah, unbelievable. You know, you've, you're doing something right over there in Long Island. Yeah, no, that's good. But again, I think Matt really set the tone. And I think I put up a post about that, but he set the tone for all of these guys to live and dream big and they could become champions. And I think that's why people came to the 
for the to the gym, partly because of that too. And it just, you know, it kept snowballing. So it's not just me, it's synergistically, it's all the guys. Like, you know, sometimes a guy will come to me with a, like he got knocked out, talk to Matt. He went through it. Mm. He'll tell you, he'll walk you right through that. I think that's the beauty of the gym. Anything that has happened to anybody, like even when Aljo suffered that loss to Marlon, you got a guy that you respect that you can go back and talk to, not some guy chirping in your ear that never did anything or anything. We, I think that's it. all the experiences we have, I think, help everybody in the gym. I mean, that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. So, like, again, I'm the front man, but I would never want to take credit for, you know, like, yeah, I'm taking some credit just for being a guy, a conduit of information maybe and steering you in the right direction. But uh, these guys are all individuals, and they all – bring something different to the table. And that's the other thing I would tell anybody who asked me after the coaching, everybody's different. Like I heard a guy talking about, he was talking about me one time. He's like, yeah, hey, I just don't know where that gym's coming from. You know, this guy, you know, he kicks. This, it's not like alpha male where everybody has a good front choke. I'm like, you fucking dummy. Like, you know, I'm, I'm working with the attributes I have in front of me. That's the way I look at it. How can I enhance Weidman's wrestling through his striking? I don't want to change him into a Golden Gloves boxer. It would be nice, you know, to have everything. But, you know, that's the thing. So everybody has to be trained different. Everybody's going to look different because I'm not going to cookie cut them like that. I'm going to go to where I think their strengths are and try to enhance it as much as possible. I love when he says the F word. It's yeah. just, just my uh, thing. We, so, we, coach, we have a light on the F word today. You never know when the next, you know, Chris Weidman's going to walk through your door. So what if next weekend, you know, fresh-faced kid comes in, he says, Coach Ray, man, <laughs> I want to win season two of Power Slap on Rump. Okay? <laughs> I need, yes. Would you tell him to get the fuck oh, out I, of my I, gym, That guy you know? would get smacked right in the face. <laughs> yeah, we'd, we'd find out how good his, his uh, how he could take a smack. That That's brutal. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Listen, you know, somebody said, look, I had a champ in my 40s. I had a champ in my 50s. I have a champ in my 60s. I don't even know if I'm making it to 70. So by, I told Nas, I go, dude, you're going to do something. Do it now because we ain't waiting until 70, man. That's for, for Come on. They're going to have to They're gonna have to remove you from that gym one day, right? For I yourself, think right? at this point, I did want to get out, but I don't know if I can. I do I do think it's keeping me young. I love bullshit. And I love Freddie Roach is still doing it. I yeah, I love busting balls with the younger guys. And, you know, everything's changed. I'm just trying to really embrace and, you know, where I am now with everything. Yeah. I'm definitely different. That's why I was trying to tell somebody I'm not as hands-on as I was 10 years ago because I can't unless, you know, I fix, I got to get a hip replacement or something. But um, mm. I don't know. I still mentally feel great. I mean, I really feel everything, but I thought I was going to beat this arthritis. I don't think it's not, you know, to hold out till as long as you can. You ever see him carry me down the stairs from that? I think it's not looking good. So, but... You know, I, 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 I do like, yeah. yeah, and that's another thing. No TRT. I'm trying to do everything natural. I got to cave into that TRT. Yeah, look at Sarah. Just, I mean, hey, I'm on the couch today. I mean, 2013, yeah, Bel, Bel, Vitor Belfort was a work of art. You know, I mean, unfortunately, Weidman put him away, but uh, I mean, it was a thing of beauty, right? We'll listen to it. You know, wait, I know you want to cut this out, but you know what's funny? Before the Belfort fight, Dana and Navinsky, they go, we got to talk to you. <laughs> They get, we're in the bathroom. I go, this can't be good. We're, we're having a conversation in the bathroom with somebody watching the door. They're telling me why. And Is there an eight ball in that bathroom too or no? no they're right. saying that Vito's testosterone was like 12. I don't even, I, you know, I still to this day don't know what the point of the conversation was. All I know is we got out of Weidman was fuming. And then when he got up there, he said, I'm going to fucking make you pay for the testosterone. 
you know. So <laughs> I, don't know, I figure that's a a little story. Man, we had a lot of other good stories yeah. that we. We he had the same out. issue before he fought Jones in uh, Toronto or whatever that Canadian city was that they had that fight. His uh, he had super elevated testosterone. I mean, think about the that. Time, they yeah. moved to fight. So uh, it's a dirty yeah, I business. Mean, you know, so what do I we think? Uh, Billy Joel, Jones Beach this summer. You know, we'll Man. get out. We'll just you know. Jones we'll just... Beach is a great place for yeah. concerts. Really yeah. Are you yeah. gonna are you gonna give an extra ticket to Douglas Crosby or? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, what a thing of that is, man. Let me just ask this. Wait, wait, let, me, let me tell you something with Sarah's fight against GSP. I'm up on the octagon, and they start flashing the judges. And I see his – this this is a true story. I see his name. I look at me. I go, Matt, you got to knock this motherfucker. <laughs> and, so you and, knew and back then a, of the legend 100%. of Douglas Crosby. Well, because he was – this isn't new. This is going – this went back, you know, to when Matt lost to uh, – uh, B.J. Penn. I had a buddy of mine go, yeah, you want to talk to the judge that scored it for B.J.? I go, absolutely not. That didn't stop him. He was right in there, and I go, dude, get the fuck away from me. And then it just was downhill ever since then. But that was at the B.J. Penn fight. Yeah. But I remember going to Matt, dude, you got to knock this motherfucker out. And he looks up, he goes, I'm airing this shit out. He was just, he had nothing to lose. Sarah is, sure. he, you know, once he got past to that point, I think, and I think that's where Roundjo's at. He doesn't care. He's going to go out and be Aljo. He doesn't give a shit what anybody says. He's got his close-knit friends. That's all that matters to him, I believe. And everybody else can, you know, take a hike. But uh, They can suck a D, as Luke Thomas would say. They can suck say. a dick, yeah, if they want. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, that's the full Monty. That that Coach, Just go for it. Coach, <laughs> we, we can do this for another three hours, but we yeah. know you got to get going. But uh, let's get you back here sometime. Yeah, yeah I'd love it, man. This is good. Now I'm used to the couch. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Now you're all settled I mean, in. Now I know him, too. I feel bad what I said that I wasn't familiar with it's him. It's okay. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. No, no, no. I like that. No, this guy's definitely a good guy. I can oh, tell wow. right away. 100%. Well, I like ball busters. That's the thing. You know, you know, why not? You that's know, why I get along with Anthony Smith. This could be yeah. he could be oh, my Smith's head coach. A, Smith is a great guy. I love you know, that guy. Not like him. Here, when yeah. I open yeah, my gym you know. one day, Factory Town MMA, you know, we're, we'll, Ray will he'll be like my, you know, I'll bring him in to consult. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, here we go, folks. One of the best to ever do it. Oh, Ray man. Longo. Thanks, guys.